Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Sussex by the Sea podcast, a podcast about all things Hastings United. I'm your host Chris Labrick and on today's show we have non-league progs founder Chris Tuck who's also part of a campaign that's close to my heart which is to keep the printed programme. We talk the arguments for and against, also what some clubs are doing to keep it alive and where this campaign is going next. And if that wasn't enough, we have roving reporter Rice Siegel as he gets his now weekly exclusive post-match thoughts from Billy Wood after yet another impressive victory by our women's team to send them to the top of the league. And lastly, it's the fan roundtable. And it's a bit topical this week as we touch on not only our great FA Cup win, but also the pilot film move. And what's the joy of the SBTS fan roundtable is it's an open forum that's uncensored and every Hastings fan is very welcome, whether I agree with them or not, is there to get your views across. And now over to Chris Tuck. We have audio. Hello, Chris. Hello, Chris. It's a great name, isn't it, Chris? Love it. I mean, well, let's just just kick. Well, no, let's not actually kick off. Let's 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 kick this off. This is an absolute pleasure, Chris Tuck, who runs the non-league programs Twitter. But before I start with anything, what what made you start this? First of all, this Twitter account off. Um, I think I had a bit of spare time, and I was going to catalogue my programs. A lot of people have spreadsheets and that kind of thing. Um, but I thought, hey, I, I'm a I'm a modern dad. I can do this. I'll take a photo of the cover of every programme and they've always got the salient details on there, who they're playing against, what the competition is. So I thought I'll take a couple of photos and then I can't explain the next bit, but for some reason I thought I'll, um, I'll just tweet one of the pictures. Um, and yeah, non-league progs was born. Excellent. Yeah. Well, there's this for those that use Twitter, cause not all the world uses Twitter, uh, which maybe is a good thing. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's a it's a great treasure trove of all the different programs that are out there. There's there's a ton of different things going on that no, no one knows about. So part of doing what we're going to do today is obviously trying to get it out there to anyone and everyone. We've got an issue, and that issue is that the the, the printed program uh, a lot of clubs aren't doing them anymore. So what happened a few years ago, and it's um, been a kind of um, a dripping tap since is the removal of the word mandatory in the regulations for whether a club needs and has to produce something in print for their home fixtures. Um, So that's uh, EFL, uh, Premier League, and obviously down in non-league. And by removing the word mandatory, many clubs jumped on that and they said, well, if we don't have to produce a print one, um, the rules tend to say you have to produce an online one or a print one. And so some clubs kind of jumped on that and saw online as as um, either a better option because they think they'll reach more people or as a cheaper option because uh, print costs were rising and they felt they could get away with that. So the biggest kind of um, issue to do with the printed programme is that the clubs don't have to produce now and many are choosing this online option. Um, and that's what's vexing a number of us. It's well. It's certainly vexing me, Chris. Um, uh, which is it's good that we found each other on this. Because, for instance, like in terms of the, I mean, I was going to try and play devil's advocate on this, but I, I can't. I, can't, I just can't do it. The printing heads, the costs of printing have gone down. It's just you need yeah. to look around. 
Uh, I know that from my work with the uh, Independent Supporters Club at Hastings, uh, that the costs have gone down. So I think people seem to couch this conversation as online or print. Mm. Um, but for me, it, it's it's both. Um, I don't mind if um, clubs put their programmes online. I can see exactly why you would do that. There are people in um, on the other side of the world or maybe some fans who can't make it to games who would love to view the programme online um, from where they are. So I don't think the debate, from my point of view, is against online programmes. Mm. Um, simply saying, make sure you print some. For me, the, uh, the the going to the game aspect is the important part of a programme. So I might go on a club's website before I uh, leave. I might go on their website afterwards. I might read some articles or some info about the club. Mm. But when I go to the game, that's when I want that bit of paper in my hand, which has a bit of a history, has some pen pictures of the players that I'm looking at and some photographs, the league table. I can check if it goes to one all what happens next in the league table between those two teams. And uh, the games I've been to recently, I've been to, I was at Newport um, and at Brentford, and neither of which the 4G worked at all. So even if the programme was online and you say, well, you could just click on it whilst you're watching the game, uh, you can't because your phone's running out of battery. The 4G doesn't work. A lot of people over the age of 50, their phone screen size is nowhere near big enough to download and read a programme online. And so when you're at the game, having a printed programme in your hand gives you all that information you need. And I think that's been lost a little bit in the argument. This is about having a programme when you go to a game. Yes, there are collectors who subsequently want copies. But first and foremost, for the people, the game I was at last night at Flackwell Heath, I saw a number of people just flicking through their programmes whilst they're waiting for kickoff during the game and I guess they'll be doing that when they got home so match day program for match day online doesn't do the same job sure put it online probably put it online after so that you don't ruin the sales of the actual program during the day um, but yeah that's that's the that's the framed argument if you like yeah okay I, I know from point of view of the printed the printed program versus the online program. One of the things that I would I would always argue for the printed program uh, ahead of the online is that it's instantly forgettable online. Uh, not the retention of any of this online is very minimal. I've you know I've looked at advertisers. Advertisers even talk about that because obviously they're evil advertisers. They like to suss out what uh, the consumer takes in more and all this sort of stuff well that there lots of evidence to say that you you pick up more from that a printed a physical media uh more than online yes. um yeah uh, it, and it's a nice memento of the game so yeah again with 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 the online program and again it depends if it's efl or if it's non-league for me um, I understand EFL clubs putting their programmes online. They've got a greater number of supporters mm. who won't get to the game so they can look at it online. Again, haven't really got a problem with that. I think forcing some of the lower level non-league teams to put something online, um, I can't imagine too many would would want to click on the programme from last night, not because it wasn't a great programme or a great club. It's just, it's Flackwell Heath. They're down in step five. Uh, how many people are really going to want to to leaf through 
a programme for that. But but more, I was speaking to, it's worth bringing up, I'll probably reference it a couple of times. There's mm. a particular digital company who are, um, who are making digital programmes instead of printed programmes um, at the moment. And I've been having some dialogue with, with that person. They do produce print as well, so they're not anti-print. But I was talking about adverts, as you were just saying there. And if um, if in in Stevenage, the local butcher wants to advertise, then if I live in Stevenage and I pick up a Stevenage program, I might then think, okay, that's a local butcher. I might use him and that might give some money to the club. Mm. But if I'm clicking on that advert from America, that butcher is not going to get any extra business from me. And the the postage is going to kill him. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And um, and so this kind of talk in the digital world of reach and number of clicks, and then they can go to Dave the Butcher and say, look at all these clicks we've had around the world, so please advertise with us more, I think kind of misses the point. I think the programme, first and foremost, is a local thing for the, for the local visitors. Uh, I wrote an article fairly recently, and it was called We Protect the Things That We Love. Mm-hmm. And I kind of made the point of... Um, Things like the Tower of London or or the Barn Owl. I was feeling quite um, quite random on the day I was writing this article. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but essentially trying to say there's two arguments here. There's the argument where we'll talk about cost. We'll talk about COVID. We'll talk about sales. Um, but for me, fundamentally, a printed program is an intrinsic part of the match day experience. And for me, the FA and the league's, should step in and say, we're going to stop this erosion of that. We understand that it's an important part, even for five or 10%, which non-league club can afford to, to lose five or 10% of their, of their attendance for people who go somewhere else because there isn't that programme. Mm. So for me, I'm suggesting that like, like a national trust or someone, someone makes the decision to, to say, we won't allow these printed programmes to die um a cup of tea or bother or whatever it is people have the program for me is is part of the match day and should be protected even if you only um make a fiver or even if you lose a fiver that it's something you provide um for those people coming along mm. yeah i mean it, I, again i just you know as i said before i think I, there there is a part of this that is that it is like with anything, when you're got to do something weekly, I know myself doing a weekly podcast online. Online is that they would say is possibly easier. Most clubs just won't produce anything, particularly at the lower levels, and that that's the real shame. You would say that. So the arguments against the printed program. It's uh, good to go through them. So we've got the cost to the clubs because there is a cost issue. Low sales, you know, I have to accept that that's the case in places. Uh, COVID itself and the rise of online programmes. I think they're four of the the main um, arguments for relaxing that mandatory rule. I think on the cost to clubs, uh, there'll be clubs who are people who are listening and they'll be agreeing and saying we only print 30 and we only sell four and we pay this much. All I can say is if you look on the Twitter feed, I've got so many examples of clubs that are breaking even, some of them even making a few quid. So it is possible. Yes, it takes a, a few extra volunteers. Um, part of it is actually selling them. The last game I was at, there was a guy stood with a box at his feet with the programmes. You didn't know he was there. You could easily have walked past him. There was no attempt made to sell them. Um, 
whereas I had the the pleasure of working at Eastleigh on Saturday yeah. at a box of 200 and I was everywhere in people's faces don't let print die buy the printed program and sold a box of 200 in in an hour and a half so well, I think a lot of that's can, effort it's effort I, isn't it uh, I was knackered man I was absolutely <laughs> knackered <laughs> um but I think the cost issue um, you said about the, the cost of paper as well. I think if you shop around, if you use local, so there isn't some delivery costs either. Sometimes you get the printer to sponsor the program and that pays towards it. Mm. Um, don't go with 80 shiny pages. Go with 24 black and white pages. Um, supporters don't necessarily want a, a full magazine every week. Just do the do the basics. So. So cost, I think, can be mitigated. I've seen it being mitigated. Low sales, I think, I've touched on a little bit there. Um, you know, make your printed programs available to buy online afterwards. Sell a few more. Make sure the club shop's got last week's programs for sale and, and make sure they're on the turnstile. Again, I go to places where they say £5 or £6 with a program and they put the program almost in my hand. Whilst I'm even, well, they, if they knew me, they knew I wouldn't be thinking about it. But for the uh, for the punter who's not so interested, if the programme is basically there straight away in their face, then you might go, OK, for an extra quid, I'll buy that. So I think yeah, there's ways. It's also yeah. about involving the community as well, the, the support community. You know, for Hastings, we've got, it's full of relevant things, including like as we have a supporters club page, it's always full of the stuff that's going on with the supporters. It, you know, it's about making it relevant and and for, well obviously up to date yeah well, yes. that's the most important thing yeah uh, and not just the, something that's just got a load of ads in with just yes. the team lineup which it, it, it is about making that effort i know that at these things because i can only speak for them at the moment that the that the sales have got, we, we we stopped with covid but we then started selling them again which was very good it was that i was very happy about that uh new printer very professionally done uh, and and just full of the relevant information. So what happened? What's happened? Sales have gone up. Yeah, so no, no, you make the efforts, and that's it. Sorry, yeah. sorry for butting in there. Please carry on. No, no, that that could be number five, to be honest, because some programs are are terrible. You know, in inverted commas, and I have to admit that. And at the end of the day, people won't buy them weekly or every other week if they just are full of adverts. And so, um, getting some good content, uh, we produce some. Um, I think always just go to your local college. Go to the media and the English departments in your local college and get kids writing articles that you can put in the programme and get the media guys to to get the photos and even join the the team of of putting the programme together. So you're right. It has to be a good programme for it to sell week in, week out. But the third thing was, was COVID. And we understand that in the initial risk assessments of do we put a football match on, we understand when there wasn't that much knowledge about COVID that people pared down, did a risk assessment and thought, let's not have one. OK, that, those days are gone now. It's it's shown to be an airborne disease, um, a little bit through touch. Um, but for me, it can go from the printers, fall straight down into a, a ream paper box. That box arrives at your club, you put it on a table and you let the punter take it out of the, out of the box. Mm. Even since COVID, I've had so many programmes given to me, whereas I could have just taken it from the box to avoid any risk but we know the risk is tiny from that anyway so it can go the printers will tell you it can go from printer to to the hand of the supporter without really touching anybody else's hands and if they are then I'm sure they've washed their hands and sanitized beforehand so people did risk assessments and they they risk assessed 
programs out what i would say is that any good risk assessment gets reviewed three mm. monthly yeah, something like that yeah and now where we are i can't see anyone doing a covid uh risk assessment and stopping paper programs without also stopping the 50 50 tickets the cup of tea the pint all the other things as well we know that newspapers continue to print and be bought across the covid pandemic in this country and so for me covid isn't now a reason yeah. to not have printed programs um yeah and, and finally um, but we've touched on it already it, online programs are a threat to the printed program and i just say they don't need to be a threat do your online program have your extra content that you can click on and watch on youtube but have the printed one as well just just moving on to the, to the positives i guess about about printed programs yeah. one of the obvious ones for me and I, i've yet to make contact with the the um the museum uh, the football museum up north but you know these programs will be holding history and i'm pretty sure the url links for these online programs will expire in two years five years ten years and then where do you go for yeah information about the game that happened before that and the the players and when they signed and when they didn't sign when you moved ground i kind of think sometimes if i go to a game without a program did the game exist i say mm. that tongue in cheek of course it did but the historical value of these printed programs is uh, is immense and um if the club keep back one of every home game um going back year after year uh, you can only see the positives in terms of the recorded history of mm. of that club um one of the things that this is as an example of the printed program so what happened was um one of our players who's played uh football over nearly 580 games for us, Sammy Adams uh quality midfielder absolute legend at our club the supporters club wanted to put together uh, a trophy and like a presentation uh uh, it was um, uh, several pictures, uh, several photos of uh, his career. But we also found out when he played his first game and it was against Corinthian casuals away as a sub, right? As when he was a little boy. He, he, yeah. So contacted, you know, looked for this, obviously looking for this program. We wanted to get the front and back of it. It doesn't, it was like from 2004, three or four, can't remember now the exact year. There's no online, yeah? There's no online. Yep. Uh, can't find it. Contacted Corinthians. They searched through their club shops, couldn't find it. Then they, one of their stewards said, hang on, I might have it in a box somewhere. Goes looking in his attic in this box, finds the program, sends us a copy of the thing. And it's just that beauty of it, that it, it that stuff never dying. Because you, you, you're only as good... But in terms of online, it's only as good as the websites that they're on. And if people keep them up to date, and pay for them so you know just one example of and he really loved that present by the way but you know it just yeah it just that the thing of it being a physical media uh is important. yeah no that's exactly what I, what I was saying really where would you go to find out when someone made their debut and when the first game at the new ground was where do you go for that information well the printed program is 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 primary I think in that sense um and just just the other um way to just be um innovative and and selling your program i know some clubs that they they produce a program for their home games but that program will also cover the other weekend fixtures of their ladies team of their under fives under sixes under sevens mm. 
and you put a page about the under nines and a picture of um, someone's little 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 youngster in there, then you can sell the program over the whole weekend. And parents love that kind of thing to to see a picture of their their program in print on page seven and and with the ladies game growing. I think sometimes maybe not just covering the three o'clock fixture that the men's team are playing, but extending that out to say, here's our football team's weekend magazine, our weekend programme covering these fixtures. And then, as I say, you can sell to, to all manner of other people, as well as the people attending the main game, as it were. And, and I've just seen such good innovation in programmes and good ideas. There's a programme at the moment which is being produced where they've just done a local competition for the kids to to draw the covers and the, so the cover is a, is a simply simply drawn kids um, picture that is now the cover and you can imagine the parent buying up a number of those and the school buying up a number of those for their records. I mentioned that online programs um, are saying, well, yeah, we can have all this extra uh, features, you know, online links, YouTube's. Well, I mean, Frickly Athletic even a couple of years ago had QR codes in their programs where you could hover your phone over the um, over the link and then the YouTube clip would come up for the goals from the game that they're talking about. Maybe you do that when you got home. So I think there's innovation, there's ways of um, selling things, as we, selling the programs, as we've said, um, that mean it's really worth a, a good old try. If people try all those things and say, Chris, look, we still only sold four, um, you know, you say, OK, OK, but I'm pretty sure... If you're selling them actively well, they've got good content. If you're, you're innovating, you're, um, you're getting the local colleges involved potentially for writing and photographs mm. that you could sell 25 or 50. Well, I just, I just, it's maybe just a step forward. Luckily enough, uh, you know, Sober Haste is we cover the women's game, cover the kids, cover all it, and, and that leaks out. That's the thing is when there's a good program, that kind of leaks out into other acti- activity around the club. So it's quite an active community. I went to Ramsgate, uh, unfortunately lost. Uh, I, I can't forgive them for that. But, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, we played Ramsgate, uh, fantastic programme, got lots of stuff in it. Uh, but also you could see there's loads of stuff going on for the children. They had loads of a fun day where they had all the under nines and uh, under sevens there. And it's it's sort of like it kind of breeds into other things. You know, if you if you if you kind of like you've got a good program with lots of content, lots of stuff going on around the club, not just men's, but women's, everything else. It breeds into other things and you could just see it. You go. I was very impressed with Ramsgate. Uh, the buggers beat us, but that doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, I'll forgive them for that. But, yeah. you know, like you could see clubs that are, are making an effort. And then I have been to a few step four clubs where, uh, pre COVID that you just see, well, okay, you know, we're, we're going through the motions here. Anyway, yeah. so- and at, at, at the very least, um, I've seen a, a I think a LAN in, in Northern Ireland are saying now, order your program before you come to the game. And they're almost printing to order. So they know that 30 people or 50 people will want a program or 200 people. And they're, they've got a printer themselves that they've purchased which obviously there's a cost there but they're printing to order so all of this where clubs say we printed 500 and we only sold 34 well first of all adjust how many you're printing but second of all there are creative ways of doing that and so I've been to a few games where I've just said yes I'm coming and yes I'll have a program and they almost print print to order so that attitude 
it stands up so differently against where clubs are putting their programme online, but they're putting them online in a format that are not even printable. So even if the club don't want to make money out of the print, um, you know, someone somewhere will print it for me. Um, and so uh, to protect copyright, um, they're putting these programmes in formats. They're making them less pages so they can't print the exact 4, 8, 12, 16. Um, and it feels like a massive kick in the teeth to not only put a programme online, but then make it in such a random format that it couldn't be printed off and then claim when you try and say, well, I just want a printed copy that you're ripping them off and that you're messing their copyright. Well, the, the club belongs to the fans. And if the fans, if, yeah, if the demand is so. there, if the demand is there for printed programs, then put it in a, and if we're asking for it, then you're obviously missing a trick yourself. Cause if you printed 20, we would have bought them. Mm. So the, the, the online as well as printed fine, but online, when you're literally going out of your way to not make them printable and then claim some higher ground of copyright um, is, is pretty abhorrent to me. And, and there's no need at all. Where, where does that exist? Is that up the leagues? Yeah, 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 yeah at the moment. Championship yeah, think, and premiership. And yeah, that, there's, so, a cu- yeah. There's, um, there's a couple of um, apps that basically will, I think, is where you go for that program. Um, and yeah, up, up, up in EFL um that's happening and yeah absolutely we said at the start there is some differences between this argument in the EFL versus non-league um but any any attempt to make a program format unprintable seems to be pretty um uh unfortunate when they know there's a number of people who would and look Man City they went online they've gone back to printed this season Wrexham They've gone printed. Um, you know, if this was a dying art, you wouldn't have leaders and clubs that are growing, um, starting to print programmes again. For me, I always said it was going to be the new vinyl in that, mm. you know, you, it might go somewhere else, but it'll be back and it'll people will want it. And, um, and those clubs that are getting ahead of the curve now, producing some programmes, maybe even making a few quid on it. Yeah, yeah. So um, where do you want this all to go, Chris? Like, uh, well, obviously we've had a little bit of a rant about it, but it, it's we're all coming from a we're coming from a loving place. We want these things to continue. We want that we want away fans to come to our grounds to take that memento from from our home teams. We, I know myself, I I don't feel like I've been to an away game unless I've got a program. It just doesn't feel the same. But that's just maybe just me. Where, where is there any outlets we can go to kind of try and push this a little bit further yeah yeah um so i'm i'm looking into that and um there's a guy at the fa who um is interested he he agrees first and foremost but he's interested in in talking contacted the fsa the um football sports association and um there'll be league committees to potentially get on board the idea is to say that just reintroduce the mandatory rule for printed programs um, look at the number of adverts that leagues say have to be in programmes. A lot of clubs say, well, I only want to produce an eight pager, but five of the pages have got to be adverts that the league make us put in there. Mm. Now, I understand why leagues do that. But if in the end they don't print the programmes anymore, you're not getting you're not getting anything. So mm. um, there's a few things like that. Some of the issues that we've talked about today, and it sort of feels like they're sliding away programmes without without a fight if you like so i want to make sure the tone is 
is positive. I'm not, like I say, against online programs. It's for pro printed programs for historical reasons, for fans, for supporters. So, yeah, looking to put together some um, a proposal that basically says reintroduce that mandatory rule um, with some rationale and see if we can get um, the FA on board first and foremost and maybe some of the supporters clubs as well. I don't want it to be ranty like uh, we said we ranted, but I think we've, <laughs> we've, we've given both sides of the argument. Yeah. And I want to make sure because a lot of fans are very disgruntled. So particularly on Twitter, as you say, you'll you'll see a lot of disgruntled people and that's fine. But I just want to make sure that when we present the argument, we do it in a professional way, in a way that uh, adds up in terms of financially as well as what's what's right for the supporter. So kind of working on that, doing it alongside the day job. So that's not moving too fast, but um, that's essentially what I want to do. I want to be able to walk away. If if we don't win on this, I want to be able to walk away and said that we tried, mm. we harnessed the support and we tried. And if people aren't listening beyond that, then not too much more we can do. So kind of watch this space. We're on um, Twitter. We've got an Instagram account as well, which is also at non-LGE progs, so non-league progs, on email as well. And if anyone's listening to this, um, contact me via the, the Sussex Policy podcast. So, yeah, yeah we, we don't want this to go without a fight, that's for sure. And I don't think that's it will. I think, I think it will prevail. Well, Chris, obviously keep me updated. Uh, I'll, we will get this out. Um, uh, I know it's a conversation that uh, a lot of us have at the Hastings. Uh, there's a few that, don't see the point in programs but there's a lot there's a a, a very healthy uh amount of people that are buying them usually they're sold out way before uh uh i nearly said full time <laughs> way before kickoff so you have to yeah. be sharp about getting it and and that's always a good sign yeah yes. that, that, yes. you know so but yeah please i really appreciate your time chris and um well let's let's hope this uh this kicks on Thanks. And now over to Hastings Motti himself, Rambling Rice Eagle. It's full time here at the TGS Pilot Field and whilst it wasn't the most enthralling game you'll ever see the women play, it was a win. I'm here to talk about that win with none other than Billy Wood. So Billy, it wasn't the most sparkly display but how important do you think those wins are for building character? I think um, the win today showed the, the strength and depth of our squad. So 1-0... You know, it's not as eye-catching as 10-0 or 15-1 or whatever ridiculous scores that we've we've had recently. But the fact that we played today, missing Sean Hever, missing Molly Hill, who are you know joint top scorers at the club, you know, missing them two, you know, both had massive attacking options. Them not being here, problem. And also the fact that other players stepped up just showed uh, the strength of the squad and showed the willingness of the squad to, to adapt to a situation. And I think today was an absolute fight against a team that, you know, probably, you know, once again, another undefeated team. They won both of their games too, Brian. So they're no, they were no walkover. But we we showed real grit and determination. And whilst it wasn't the greatest game, I think we played exceptionally well, especially second half when we did what we do best. And, and that's... You know, dominate teams and, and make it hard for them to play. You've already mentioned the basis for my second question, actually, okay. which was the attacking injuries, so missing Hill and Heather, who have become yeah. two key centrepieces of the team. Mm-hmm. And you've talked about stepping up. So in terms of what that will do for morale, will it almost show the squad that 
whilst they're still good players who will play regularly, mm-hmm. it shows that it gives the squad confidence they can step up in their absence. Yeah, you know, you've got Minnie Shepherd who's, who's not been well. She stepped up today. I thought she did really, really well. Um, Backline back line done great. You know, Holly at right back today was magnificent. She did a great job there. I think, to be honest, Ron, we had two illnesses. One, injury, like slight concern of not being able to play. And two, like absolutely missing due to other commitments. And you go, oh God, you, you don't really need that against what would be considered one of the better teams. But we did it. We won the Hastings way. We, we, we grinded it out. Another clean sheet. Don't concede goals. And I'm a big believer that if this team don't concede, they will win games because we have enough attacking threat about us. And today we adapted. You know, Nicole had to play, as, play centrally. So we lost her her out and wide, which has been so effective for us. She did the job today and she got in the score sheet. And the final word. So it is FA Cup weekend next weekend yeah. in the Women's Vitality FA Cup. So do you have a message to the fans about coming and getting behind the team on make it a special cup day? Yeah, let's 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 get four or five hundred here. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why why can't we do that? We we have a good chance, I believe, in the in the tie. We're we're an exceptionally good team. I think we're better than the level we play at. I think we'll show that this season. And finally, in Hastings, there's a, there's, well, not just Hastings, but locally, there's a women's team to be proud of. And, and we'll carry on pushing. We'll push, push, push. And hopefully the support continues going up. You know, three figures support every week has been fantastic. Long may that continue. Thank you, Billy Wood. And now over to our world-famous fan roundtable. Thanks very much for Adam, Robbie, Andy and Tony for making it happen. Yeah, we're expecting Kev as well. Uh, but you know what Kev's like. Kev could be... Kev Kev is... Kev could appear anywhere. An ethereal presence. <laughs> he could be, couldn't he? Yeah. He might right. be with us already. I don't know. No, but I know who is with us, and it's Tony. Hello, Tony. Yeah. Hi there. Hey. Uh, hello, Tony. Just We're just waiting on a couple more. Okay. Um, they're, they're not massively reliable, but we'll just give them a couple of minutes, okay? Yeah, no problem, yeah. Okay, so... so you, uh, had a good, you had a good trip to Harefield then? Okay, you're rubbing it in now. Um, oh, yeah. no, I wasn't... I couldn't go, I was working. No. Oh, right. I okay. was working, but yeah. um, the others did. Yeah. As they, uh, particularly Robbie, like to rub salt in the wounds. Uh, yeah. I don't know, not rub salt in the wounds, however, Chris. Right, I got a WhatsApp message from you, Robbie, uh, at, while I was at work. Um, and you had some other people abusing me on there, actually. I didn't even recognise the voices. George, it was George. Oh, was it? <laughs> well, the uh, the next round of the, uh, the draw is not too bad, is it? Away to either Broadfield or South Park. So, uh, I mean, you've got to Harefield again. Huh? I was yeah, I think... Uh, to get there. Southfield, uh, South Park's all right. I've been there. It's a bit of a groggy pitch, but it's... Uh, more accessible, I would say. Where, where, yeah. Tony, where is South Park? Where it's is it? up near Red Hill, Rygate. Oh, okay. Oh, it's, yeah, it's just at the back of Rygate. If you ever went to Rygate's pitch at uh, where the hospital is, Royal East Sussex Hospital, um, East Sussex Hospital where it is, it's, you just hang a left and you go down some uh, little country lanes till you find it. <laughs> it's, it's not far away. Yeah. Well, Tony, don't stop talking because 
first of all, this is Tony's first appearance on the roundtable. Please, Tony, uh, tell us how you fell in love with Hastings and how long you've been watching them. Well, I uh, I moved. I just lived behind the pilot field in Lindhurst Avenue. I moved here in 1983. I followed Brighton from 1965 to 1983. We forgive to you. The cup, to the cup final. And then uh, because of you're having the young family and moving up to the back of the pilot field, then I, I took up took up the, the Hastings mantle, the United mantle. And, uh, uh, yeah, I've accumulated quite a, quite a good, uh, well, with Brighton and with Hastings, I've got quite a good selection of programmes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. in, my, in, my, in my garage, yeah. So, I followed, the, I've, I've followed Hastings now through all their trials and tribulations. And uh, we used to play excellent quality football back in the day in the uh, Doc Martins League, you know. So, you, you you know, I've been around the country seeing them play mm. and, and it's really high level of football, you know, it's equivalent to the um, the uh, South Division, uh, like where, where Eastbourne play, you know. So, oh, right. it, was, it was probably a little bit higher than that in, in, on occasions, like, you know, because, uh, you know, you, you certainly had to do a, they had to, certainly the lads had to do a hell of a lot of travelling, like going to Tiverton on a Tuesday night, you know, it's, uh, it's it was quite an ordeal, but we had, we had some quality players in, and uh, well, some good managers. You know, the um, we've got good players and a quality manager now. Do you not say uh, Tony? He's yeah, coming in hot. Tony's it's, coming in hot here. Go on. It's the lower level of football we're playing at. That's the thing. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. If we go into Ryman Premier, where we've been before a few seasons ago, it is it is a struggle. And this, a this few? yeah. <laughs> well, we we were all right up till Mark Gardner took over the club, and then he he had. He got us relegated from the Doc Martins League because he wanted to join the Isthmian League. And unfortunately, um, Slough, who were in the conference at the time, they uh, their ground was uh, uh, demoted. So Slough took the preference. Uh, and then, so we ended up having to start from Hastings, had to start from ground zero again, you know. So that's why it's been a terrible long slog since then, you know. But uh, yeah, Mark Gardner, he's wisdom. Uh, Mick Maplespoon was uh, okay. He was a, he was he was a good lad, and he he got the pitch sorted out basically. So that was his parting shot, Mick. But unfortunately, we, when they when they restructured all the leagues, we went down about three divisions. <laughs> unfortunately, so uh, was wasn't wasn't it's not it hasn't been a good few years, has it? Really, well, I must be getting over a decade now, I suppose. Well, yeah. well, yeah. well, Tony, we're turning it around now. Aren't yeah, we? yeah, oh yeah, I, I must yeah. admit, Come I must on. admit, we've got a half sensible manager because uh, we've had some really oddball managers at the time. You know, we, you know, we even had what one one of our managers was Neville Southall at the time. Oh, you know? I remember him. I remember. Yeah, him. yeah, great goalie. Yeah, one of the best goalies I've ever seen in yeah. life. I mean, yeah, well, he was still a good goalkeeper because he was still playing charity matches when he was our manager. And then we, we, we went up to Whiteleaf one night and uh, we didn't have a goalkeeper. And he got he got a hold of some Herbert from Tombridge or somewhere like that. And we conceded two goals in five minutes. And, and we said, why the hell didn't he go between the sticks? You know, <laughs> Dave Waters, the then owner, was was uh, hiding. <laughs> he was in, went, went in hiding. But that's a classic example of me mentioning Whiteleaf. Um uh, developers have bought the ground. Oh, wait, stop. 
Stop. We're yeah. going to come to this. All, All right. right. Let's talk about current day events, please. Yeah, yeah. Tony, I know you're very keen, sir. Yeah. You're very well, keen. I'm just, you're taking I'm just, over. I'm just a bit you're worried. A bully. For, you're a bully. Bit, you're taking yeah. over. Yeah, I'm just a bit worried <laughs> for the future for you youngsters. <laughs> Yeah. But, well, me, me and Andy are youngsters. Thank you for that, Tony. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks, mate. Oil of you, though. Oil of you, though. I noticed, I noticed that Tony bailed out from Brighton. Was that not the year they got relegated, or was it the year after? Oh, yeah, it was the year after. No, they, it was the year they got oh, relegated. Fair weather, Brighton yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have been, I do go to Brighton. You know, I've been to the Wibbeen quite a few times. And uh, yeah, oh, I love I, the it's not so much, so much season. I do about 10 matches in. A season at Brighton, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I have, I have kept the faith. Good, good, yeah, good. I haven't right. wavered. <laughs> right then, gang. Right. So we have only got who have we got here? Because uh, I was hoping for others. Who was here at our great four nil FA Cup win at Harefield? I, I was. Um... Speak up, Robbie, because I weren't. Oh yeah, well, as you get these Fairweather fans never turning up. Um, oh, is, yeah. So the, the loyal fans, apart from Chris Fairweather. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it was a yeah, it was a classic. Biggest side players, little side welcome. John, it's not that's not I mean just straight up Harefield. It was really above them, and um, well, pretty much you could tell because we dominated from minute one. We were we were quicker. They, they tried to be physical. We just passed it around them. They were giving Martin far too much space in the wing, and he's kept kept on punishing him. Really great balls in, and then Dicko another great performance midfield. Um, really friend Jenkins, two good performances in a row to bounce him back from his Ramsgate performance. Really good to see again. And I say lovely goals round. Two great goals from Haslow. One great goal, and one bubbled in, and two yeah. classic Pope goals. He seemed to be finding rhythm again. The welcome, the welcome from Harefield was fantastic. One of the warmest we've had. They're really happy. And there was some sort of documentary going on, which Billy Wood got on. So he was happy. <laughs> oh, he likes the camera. He does like a camera. Yeah. So it was uh, a documentary. It's now a series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon France, special, Hastings United. Um, uh, yeah. So him and Pat came to join uh, join the away fans, um, I think, for a bit of good photos. So me and George, of course, immediately took our tops off. Oh yeah, uh, awesome! And I'm pretty sure that was caught on camera. So post watershed, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, it's, it's hard to really do it justice to be fair because um, it was just really one of those really comfortable performances where I just enjoyed the afternoon hour. Mm. I mean, I can't give it a detailed description of it because I was just enjoying myself. It was really comfortable performance, really dominant. I can't remember any injury concerns. Um, I can't remember much negatives, to be fair. It was completely dominant. Yeah, OK. Oh, their goalie didn't look too good. Uh, I saw I saw the highlights of the uh, the goals and uh, <laughs> he, he looks a bit shifty, that goalie. I wouldn't mind playing against him. I thought the pitch, the pitch looked a bit lively as well, didn't it? it, it we definitely played on worse. It wasn't, we, de- we definitely played on better. It, it was a bit bubbly and a bit... Yeah. Well, let's hope we don't have to go there again next round. Yeah. Uh, yeah, either Broadfield or South Park. Out of yeah. those two, it's, I've I've got nightmares about. They're none of those are three G pitches, are they? I know one of them's playing at Hertfield, but the other one isn't a three G, is it? Not not sure on that because no. South South Park had terrible trouble with their pitch, and I don't know what they've done about. It. We haven't played them for, with them for two seasons, so 
Uh, well, last time I went to play them, I remember George and I, about 10 other fans, went down at 7 a.m., 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Clear snow. We got the ground completely ready. It was That's fully it. playable. And they yeah. called up saying, oh, we can't come down. Yeah, you can. The roads are clear. You just want to come play us. <laughs> yeah. That's it. We're, uh, yeah, that's what when they came to heist you yeah, they didn't come. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Well, as there's no one else here that went, um, <laughs> I mean, we can't say anything. I would have loved to have gone. I don't know anyone that would have listened to last week's podcast. Probably no one. But um, I, <laughs> I, I um, saw that this got one. Did, did you listen, Adam? Oh, thank you, Adam. Thank you. Um, the uh, yeah, you should leave some feedback, right? But the uh, the when I was talking to the Harefield chairman, he was um, telling me about Richard Paquette, who's a player that used to play for QPR. Oh, well, yeah, he's an old player. Yeah, yeah. And I saw yeah. one of his first games when because I, I was I'm a QPR fan as well. When yeah. I, I can I can never get down there, and I can't afford it now. Yeah. But um, <laughs> shush, and I. And um, so, yeah, I saw when he first played, I was really looking forward to coming to see him. He was saying to me about, oh, yeah, you know, we're late saying, oh, we have a couple of beers, um, you know, it, we get to catch up with you and we talk. Because he's a coach there now as well, Richard Paquette. Oh. So it would have been really oh. cool. So, But that didn't happen because I'm obviously a fair weather fan. So, uh, yeah, really so that brings back memories, QPR, because I, I went to London in 64 and moved down to Hastings in 72. And I went to, you know, I've been to most of the London pitches. And I always used to have a, there used to be some quality players at QPR play, yeah. playing a, on a terrible pitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah, I've got fond memories of QPR. I've probably got the programmes in the, in the uh, garage, I suspect, yeah. Oh, did, funny enough, Tony, I'm doing a special on programmes this week. I've got uh, a fella from non-league programmes, He's uh, doing a thing on that, you know, save the printed program. Oh, right. So we're trying to start a little bit of a campaign off uh, in, oh. in, our, in our own little way. But yeah, that's for this this Thursday's episode anyway. Um, yeah. m- moving on, we move uh, on to... Uh, the w- um, oh, sorry, Robbie, sorry. Yeah, but sorry, before we move on, obviously, um, another quick shout out to welcome Harefield gave us. Talking to Pat, and when all the directors and players got off the coach... I don't think he said that Stuart and all the directors were there just to shake shake all their hands. They came over the coach, and I thought oh, that was like a, a yeah. really lovely gesture from them, sort of thing. And so, yeah, we said to them they can keep all the gate receipts. It's part of just obviously it's a really big day for them, and I think yeah, once again to emphasize what, what what great hosts they were. Yeah, well, the, the the bloke Gary Gary the chairman was um, a lovely, and he you know he, he said he was going to try and follow us. This was before he's going to try and follow us. Because he wants us to do well and all that, he was. It's really mm. o- overly nice, actually. Yeah. So, what yeah. league do I play in now? Here, I used to oh, live up there. I'd have to cheat. Yeah. I, would, I can't. I can't. I'll have a look at. I'll say they're probably county league. Unless tell you what, Adam Card is going to find out for you. Ah, oh, he's the man. He's, he's the, the man. Yeah. He's the whiz. Yeah, with his um, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan look at the moment. This is he Bob is, Dylan. Seventies yeah. Bob Dylan. Looking good. Excellent. They're in the Spartan South Midlands League Premier Division. Oh, really? Right. There you go. Try saying that after a few pints. Right. Yeah. League below us. Fit, right. that into, fit that into a chart. Challenge <laughs> <laughs> <Adam> accepted. <laughs> Very well done, Robbie. Right. So we move on to the uh, magnificent start from the women's team. Uh, they beat AFCR Acorns 1 0. Yeah, that I, was good. 
I know, I know uh, that I was there for like 10, 15 minutes because I was on my lunch break, but I know Mr. Carter and Mr. Andy. Yes. Quiet, quiet. Andy, quiet. We'll get there one year. One year. They were both there. So please, gentlemen, who wants to kick this off? You please, Andy. Uh, yeah, well, it was the first. It was the first game Laura and I had been to. Actually, the first um, first women's game we'd been to up there because the um, the nice weather and because um, we missed the game on Saturday. And better than sort of doing battle on a seafront pub, we thought we'd go up. It was it was really good. I really really enjoyed it. Quite. I mean, I have to say, Pilot Field on a day like yesterday in that weather, it's sort of um sort of idyllic, isn't it? Mm. It's just such an idyllic place. But anyway, the match, the match it exceeded my expectations. Actually, I think the I don't know about you, Adam, but the the I'm sure the weather didn't help. It was absolutely. Mm. Oh, it, was it was so hot and obviously out there, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. And obviously, we we had a few of our um, sort of first teamers out, mm. um, so we was playing a few that maybe weren't up to scratch and then playing in that heat would have been a lot for them but yeah yeah they they gave it their all you could tell that it was it was yeah so for that part of it and thing that I mean as a as a first time first timer to the to the women's team um I like the way they were definitely trying to play you know you could see you could see the blueprint on it um which which was good uh technically you know Obviously, it was a mixed bag in some ways, but but there was a, a pretty pretty high standard, really. To, you know, technically a nice a nice standard, and the goal was excellent. The goal really was absolutely in a very very tight game. It was an excellent goal. Um, just a you one can view I think the it, goal on the website. Yeah, I think it was a, was it, it might well have been Tibble who put a first time ball through and then just a, a little knock into. Bait up and that's right. Yeah. Base up. That's right. Who just toe poked it under the goalie, and so it was a really nice goal. It was a really tight game, actually. The only thing was, I don't know about you, Adam, but I thought the we hung on a bit at the end. The opposition came back. It they looked a bit stronger at the end, I have to say. But but nevertheless, the defenders were were excellent. Again, that the, the the generally the the defence any time they were turned. It was quite interesting that the, the way they used their body or their body position or or their timing of their make it, making the tackle whenever they got turned, even in that weather, they they didn't stop and snuffed pretty much everything out. I think, and so even when they were under pressure, they did really did really well. So you know, so it was great. I would, yeah, we would we would we would go again. Two quid. I mean, for God's sake, it's just uh, what's not to like. You know, we just uh, potted up there, potted home. It was brilliant. Excellent. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was really, it was a really good one. Like you say, with their defence, they were really on it. And then you had Blair Hamilton in goal making some great go- uh, sort of saves as well. So, yeah, it was uh, it was enthralling because normally by that time of the match, we're normally three or four goals up by minimum. So to see them under that little bit of pressure also helped in sort of like seeing what they can do defensively. So, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it would, it would have slightly annoyed me had it been one of the 10-0 games or something like that. So I think, I think again, you could see the way they've built the team again, just from what I read or what we read about it, the way they built the team again. It might take a cut two or three years for them to find their level. As they, yeah. as they, and I think that's the, that's, and then it will start to get really interesting. Then it will start to get really interesting. 
If we win this league, then we go up and we start playing teams like Fulham, the yeah. Fulham women's. That's when it gets yeah. interesting. That's right. Yeah. So, so you know, it's 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 working. It's working. Good. And yeah. So, in terms of the fixtures, I can never work this out. That how many teams are actually in this league? Because there's a big gap, isn't there, between fixtures, Adam? Yeah, there's a big gap coming up because uh, there's going to be cup games. So depending on how we do in our cup game, this this Sunday we've got a cup and then obviously sort of taking it from there, see how that goes. Mm. Um, but the other problem that we've had as well, um, the reason they've put such a gap in is a lot of teams have, ha- have not been able to play. So you've got like Phoenix Sports who have only played one game so far. Um, you've got three or four other teams in there that have only played one. So they've put sort of like, they've released all the fixtures for this year and put a big enough gap in for everybody to catch up to have played. Uh, five games come Christmas so that's why we've got such a long gap because we haven't missed a game yet mm. it's okay. the same with uh, Acorns except for Acorns are pretty much from um, the beginning of October they don't have any matches until Christmas because they're not in the FA Cup they got knocked out so I mean is there I don't know if you guys know is there a plans to try and get some friendlies in there or something because you can't do not play for two months and then expect to to uh perform from what i understand um the um southern county league that we was in last season are looking uh, sorry sussex county one are looking to do a sussex county cup um oh, okay That's because fair. there's yeah, so I think right. Hastings might get involved with that. I'm not 100 percent sure, but we would certainly get friendlies, or we'll, you know, there is another cup coming up soon, but they just haven't released the fixtures for it yet. So okay, all right, then. okay. Well, uh, I think we've yeah. covered Acorns. Yeah, yeah. I've just seen the goal on the uh, on the Facebook. Yeah, very good, very well worked goal. Ooh, yeah, excellent, excellent yeah. football. Right, we're done with this. Right, so we're going to go. We're obviously over to you, Tony. Now, yeah, uh, yeah please. Well, say, say your piece. Go on. Yeah. Well, I've I've had meetings with various people, and I've I've, I've eventually found out um, through various councillors that uh, uh, Hastings Borough Council seems to be hell bent on wanting to build houses on the uh, pilot field, and then um, shove us up. So. So what they've done is they've given the land to uh, Mr. Burnley. Um, both sets of land have been uh, proposed to be given to Mr. Burnley. And um, what I can't get my head around is when you're giving land away, well, why is Mr. Burnley going to... We, we think, I spoke to a councillor and he made inquiries and Mr. Burnley uh, on selling on getting planning permission for the pilot field and selling it on, he's going to get in the region of about 7.6 million for it. Is it uh, obviously estimated. Yeah, it's all estimated. Yeah. In current values, obviously yeah. things go up and down, but I'll probably estimate he's going to clear about 5 million quid himself. But, you know, the um, proposed new stadium up at Tile Kiln, is in stages, and and you do wonder, you know, what what level of commitment there is actually from him to to, to fulfil, uh, you know, because obviously you need revenue uh, throughout the years with Hastings. You need revenue to to sustain the club uh, yeah. without having a wealthy benefactor, i.e., a lottery. 
player, but in the main, we've had. He was a QPR fan, by the way, Mark. Um, Mark yeah. was a QPR fan, just so you know. Yeah, yeah. good man. Don't trust um, the QPR fan. <laughs> yeah, um, you just you, you know it'd be it'd be a really big shame to um, to lose the pilot field uh, with all its history. It was given to the. The, the land, which includes the firs and offal tree, uh, the archery field, it was given in trust to the people of Hastings in, in 1908, around about there it was. And then the stand was built in 1926 when Hastings started to become a more, the council mm. built, built the area because I, 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 they became a bit more proactive in, in the leads, like, you know, they had a half-decent team. Um Obviously, we had the speedway track there, and throughout the years, we've always had quite a few events there. It wasn't till Dave Waters took over but that he started to get this notion about moving the ground. So, it's in, in COVID, it's been going on under the counter, like you know, there's only six councillors in Hastings that uh, that decide on these matters, and three of them are the arch enemies. That's a guy called Andy Batsford. Uh, a guy called Paul Barnett and Peter Chowney. And these are these ones who want to give the land away to Darren Burney. Uh, yeah, but does so, it work do, like that, Tony? So, I mean, obviously, just as a devil's advocate, how, yeah. how does it work? You don't just say, oh, I'm just going to give this stadium, I'm well, giving this stadium away. So yeah, what, well... Because I don't that, know about planning permission. So, no, no, with that, well, they, it's got to go through planning permission first. The kit... That the tile kilns coming up first, uh, then it will be the um, pilot field. You, you think yeah. um, going on what I was saying about Whiteleaf, yeah. um, uh, uh, they were take they were bought out by developers, mm. and obviously uh, one of the consortium in the developers was Ian Rush, believe it or not, you know, and oh, was it? and they they made it completely unsustainable the rent on the ground. So they've had, Whiteley have had to pack up after 60 years because it, it's completely, I say, well, there's another team have taken the rent on the ground, but they've only got it for four, four years because they're obviously they're land banking, you know. And you know where Whiteleaf is. It's in a very favourable uh, favorable area, like, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, 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 sorry, sorry, Tony, to cut in. Yeah, you, that's all right. Yeah. Do, so Hastings pay, Hastings United, Pay Hastings Borough Council to they, that ground. Yeah, it's only a peppercorn rent. But Mark Gardner, he he, rene- he renegotiated the lease and um, he took on the maintenance of the ground. And uh, so, uh, what I understand from the councillors, it's just a very very peppercorn rent. rent you know. So and how how long how long is that for now? It was ninety nine years lease was. Right. Okay. So that's quite a long time. It is. Yeah. 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 It was. And and so that so the tile kiln planning permission for the ground etc is going to go through supposed to go through before planning permission for the pilot field. Yeah, as I understand it from the Labour councillor I was speaking to. Because and, and do and I, I never was never really sure. We did this in Mobilia, what quite seems like ages ago now. That yeah, it does. Billy was on, wasn't it? Um, Hastings don't stand to get any money out of that sale of that land. No. that's Hastings Borough Council. Yeah, so no, no. Yeah, all they get is, is something called a one hundred six um, for building new houses. Section one hundred six for building new houses. But as the as the as the Labour councillor told me. 
all this is diluted amongst other organisations. East, East Sussex take a bit, someone else takes a bit. So in the fact, when Hastings end up with their lump of money, it's only going to be absolute minuscule compared with what, yeah. what Mr Burney's going to cop in his back pocket, you know. And then the move to Tarleton. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly, Tony. Well, it's all alleged. Yeah, it's both allegedly, it's, mate. Yeah. You know, I have I have written to the leader of the council, and and she never responded as well, outlining all this, like you know. Are, yeah. are um so when the move to Tilekill again? This wasn't clear probably from Billy's thing a while ago, but then again, we didn't ask the questions. It's a different sort of angle on it now, isn't mm. it? Yeah. We when we go to Tilekill, we would have to pay. There's a rent for that, so it's not. No, being, no the council are giving the giving the land to to Mr. So Burning. So, so there's no there's no fee involved because the land will be handed over to Mr. Burney, like as well. So the tile kiln land. The yeah. tile kiln land. The tile kiln land. But then we would pay, but then Hastings United would pay him a rent for the ground. I, 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 yeah. Well, this is this is what when I was speaking to the Labour Council, this this was completely unclear. What what what. what well, well, as to the extent of Mr. Burnley's commitment, that was that was that that is the big grey area about it. Yeah, right. So, yeah. okay. Yeah. So I just I just sort of tried just yeah, because Mr. Logic here and yeah. sort of stripping I, it because, back. You know, the, the clubhouse, the old post office clubhouse is, is right behind me, mm. and and that now is back up and running, and it, it's, I don't mind it because uh, it, it's earning revenue for the club all the time. You know, I cannot see anyone wanting to go. Up tile kiln when there's no facilities up there like you know like the post office the old post office club here or, or the bar we got in or the pilot bar which was built by Mark Gardner and Mick Mapleston you know I cannot see how we're going to generate revenue going forward you know have you uh, out of interest Tony sorry Robbie just one sec yeah, yeah. Out of interest, Tony, have you looked at the time kill plans on the website yes yeah I've got them here yeah they've been amended yeah. about three times now because I'm sure there's facilities there for that, a yeah, bar is, and rest. Thing. They're on the plan. Yeah, 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 but it's, it's phase two. It's phase two. Okay, I've, I've, got, I've got all the, uh, I've got all the plans here, but yeah. some of it's phase one and some of it's phase two. See, and uh, all, all the big buildings are, are phase two, basically. What? The gym and oh, the... yeah, don't don't forget that Hastings United don't move there until phase two uh, begins. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Hastings don't move there until phase two begins because they want phase one completed first. So that's yeah. why. So will, now... will, 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 the, will the commitment be there for phase two for Mr. Burnley? Because I can't see him once he gets a shed load of money. I can't see him spending. Can I ask? Yeah. Sorry, brother, can I ask you where this mistrust from? Um... As you, as you call him, Mr. Burnley comes because every t- everywhere else I've been from the club, Darren Burnley said nothing but fantastic for this club, and he's obviously yeah. he's put a lot he's put a lot of money behind this club. He's helped. Oh yes, yeah, keep going. And yeah, yeah. In my opinion, he's shown nothing but commitment to the club, and I have no oh, doubt he's oh. got the best interest in heart. And oh, I right. also yeah. know that Billy Woods, obviously our current chairman, yeah, is obviously also invested in the club, so he owns a profit. Uh, he owns a bit of the club. Yeah, and everyone knows Billy knows he knows how to. Yeah. make a bit of money so he would right. definitely want to move the club forwards and yeah. I, I have full faith in his plans right. for the time kill yeah that will be a money-making area you especially reckon? compared to the um repair costs we've got on the current pilot field much as i love the pilot field of passion yeah. it's falling apart and his major renovation 
So, so yeah, so go, so reiterating Robbie's in in the light of what Robbie said there, what 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 is the what is the big concern here? If we were going to say, if we were going to say there's a big concern here, and we need to articulate that to, for example, to Billy or to the club, or, or is, 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 is this commitment in writing? What's is the big it, concern? Yeah, is this commitment in writing? Would that would you be happy with that? Uh, out of interest, Tony, because I mean, obviously, you're part of the Res- Residents Association. Oh yes, yeah, we where will. They will well, build houses well, where you are. Is, so the thing is, with planning, uh, yeah, it's going to happen because they're building on the old. They want to build on the old school site above us, but uh, it's it, it's having the right type of development that is the trouble with it all. You know, but the you know that's our argument, and also um, you know you got. Be aware of uh, the surrounding area as well, because there's, there's, there's quite a bit of nature and wildlife around the pilot field, you know. So it's it's got to it's got to be something that's uh, that's that blends in with the the area. But at the moment, with the, the posh houses, the posh houses in the well, area. I don't say yeah. There's still, there's still there's still time for somebody to find a um, great crested newt up at tile kiln yet isn't there so that, <laughs> well, that, work, that works at both ends doesn't yes, it? yes exactly yeah um, exactly yeah so um, interesting quite in, it's quite interesting in that i suppose the what i suppose is it so is your main concern about the about the the building that's going to happen in your area or the likely failure of a move to the Tile kiln and us. You've got to be open minded with this, so mm. you know you, you, you're not against pushing things forward. Mm. My, my biggest concern is, which got me rat, rat, riled from the start, is that uh, Hastings Borough Council are always pleading poverty, and 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 why why do they have to give the land away? That that is my one of my biggest gripes. That is, I have to say, you know, why, why are you giving away land when you're when you're pleading poverty all the time, you know. Well, speaking as a speaking as an ex shareholder of the pier, yeah, <laughs> I sort of um, oh know they have form on this sort of thing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I suppose the biggest thing is really getting Billy's Billy's response on this, and even and even this. Um, this Mr. This Mr. Bernie. Yeah, you make him getting... sound like some sort of uh, mafioso. He's uh, a nice guy. Bernie, have a chat with him. He's a lovely guy. I, I'm, yeah. I mean, all of this, not not the transcripts. Don't worry, because uh, yeah. we're not we're not we're not yet in Stasi. We're almost no. in Stasi lands. But the, yeah. the, no, but I'll, these questions I am going to put to them. Yeah, um, Tony. I mean, yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, well, if it's in, if it's if it's, if his commitment is 100 percent and it's in writing and he's he, he's not walking away with millions of pounds and he's in his back pocket and and uh, making us wallow in the in the mire, then fair enough, you know. Well, you you said you approached the the Conservative MP. Yeah. So what she, was her? She was completely. Was view? She she was completely misled by him because he by who straight, by who sorry. Uh, Darren Burney completely misled her. He 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 rang her up during COVID, so she wasn't paying a hundred percent. But he said, "I am the owner of uh, Hastings United uh, Football Club." And I and um, I proposed to build them a new stadium. So she said, "Oh, that, that's that's fine, that's fine." But she didn't really understand where the where the, where the guy comes from, his company, uh, you know. So he, he didn't go. Obviously, he wouldn't elaborate himself what what his background is because she never asked. So so she, I had to. Uh, 
enlighten her on, on, on it all, you know, what's what the actual situation was, you know. So, okay, so uh, she wasn't against the move in... in well, in, because, in well, she, well, the, the thing is, she said, well, it, it would have been nice if, if you'd given me the full story, but she obviously she she was under pressure and she never asked. So, so you know, six and one half doesn't have a really in there to... Uh, so you you, you had a, you were telling me when we see I see you at the pilot field obviously yeah. and you were telling me that you had a you were going to start a petition. Well, you we will start a petition because the reason why we're starting the petition is 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 it's not exclusively against the house building. It's it's, it's the other problems we have in the area with uh, with um, sewerage and and and, and uh, surface water. Yeah, okay. I've, at the back of my at the back of my, we, we, we take all the water from the cemetery gates to the top of Pilot Field. And I can tell you, I've got, it comes in on the back of my property, where the big culvert is. And my, behind me, uh, in 38 years, I've gone from about, uh, about 10 or 12 foot deep to, to over 20 foot deep now. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, so the amount of surface water that's coming down, and, it, and, and with the pilot field, you know, building there, it, since Osborne House hasn't helped, because obviously the surface water has increased off Osborne House area. Mm. And also that, that's our, one of our big concerns, because the amount of flooding that takes place lower down uh, and, and sewerage as well that comes out. So, you know, that's one of our biggest biggest gripes. That if, if you did the drainage properly, yeah, yeah. All, all, all well and good, but... I have seen houses in Hosewood Road have been flooded out with sewerage, like, you know. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I think we'd have to be careful, though. That this is, We are concerned about the Hastings United Football Club move and not the Elsinstone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, any, any, any development has a, has a huge yeah. impact. That's some trouble. Yeah, no, yeah. I do understand yeah, that. Yeah. We, to, um, we, we, we don't want to bore. We don't, uh, we, but we, we've also got a big nature right. area around the ground now. Who's, I just want to use my words carefully. Our, our concern is... Yeah. It has well, to be yeah, well, I, 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 I totally agree. But, uh, you mm. know, we're not against house cleaning per se, but we feel we always feel that something, something more could have been done with the pilot field. But obviously the last few owners have, 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 have had different views on it because... Yeah, a principally because of the stand, but there, there are. I was told there are other options to uh, to placate that and, uh, and get the stand demolished and rebuilt by loans uh, from uh, Sport England and what have you. So, and, uh, and, the, and the National Heritage Lottery Heritage Fund, yeah. I was told about. Yeah. This is going to be going. The same sort of conversations are going to be going on at the other end again. I'm my crest new comment was yeah. a bit facetious but nevertheless exactly the same comments are going to be going on at the other end i think our, yeah. well, our biggest concern coming back to, to what robbie said yeah. is mm. are these people committed are the plans water yes right yeah and all yeah. we can all we can do is we have to take what billy wood's done at face value at the yes. moment and the yeah. people that remain at the club at face yeah. value yeah. and all those involved and we're we're sort of at the tail end of the whip a bit here aren't we yeah. we're yeah. We have to. We 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 may we may sit on this podcast, but we're all just fans, aren't we? Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. so the biggest thing is 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 reassurances and yeah, that bogging people down is just getting just getting some a little bit more detail, maybe. But maybe Billy would just say that's coming. Yeah, yeah. I, I I have no doubt. I I I fully trust, obviously, Billy. 
Daryl Burney and Sam Pat as well, so I was to speak to them quite a lot. Obviously, well, mainly Pat and Billy, and only spoke to a bit, I think, Darren, where he wants in my life. Besides, I do trust all three of them, so I think they're the big three do think about. Obviously, when you think about the, the board and directors, we've got Hayley and that, and obviously as well, but they're the big three do think about. And so I fully trust them all. I say everything they've all done for the club has been fantastic. They've put a lot of effort in, and everything I hear about Darren Burnley is always good and positive. And I have no doubt with people like Pat on the board, he would, he would, if he had any sense, anything like what you said, you worried it could happen, he would not allow it. He would literally throw his body in front of it to stop it, essentially, because as we all know, the love Pat's got for the club. Yeah. So you've got to remember, it's not just people like Darren Burnley. In, in, I, I, like you worried about as people from Hastings seem to be concerned that he he, he was Essex based in his company and so I have full faith in Darren I have full faith in everyone involved that though those financial concerns you, you it could be an issue won't be and in terms obviously as so you say you want to develop the pilot field you've got to remember developing it to work and developing it to advance at the leagues because back to footballing reasons we want to be a football league club yeah. and a pilot field it's not in a position to be redeveloped into a full-seating stadium. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, that's... I mean, yeah, Billy has definitely predicated this on going up the leagues, more crowds, more revenue, etc., 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 isn't he? There's no, there's no doubt about that. That's his vision. Yeah, that, that takes a huge amount of funding, though, doesn't it? Because we... But, yeah, we've been up into... We were... We have been in higher leagues, and I know it takes a huge amount of funding. And you have to have some sort of wealthy, wealthy benefactor in this. In this, well, it doesn't. It's not always that, though, Tony. Is it? Yeah. It's not always. Just well, the thing is, if you, rich, rich bloke that comes along. You, and yeah, it's I about used to having have, a structure, isn't it? About yeah. like what we talk about yeah. the youth system. I, I, I used about, to go like, to King, Kingstonian quite a bit, mm. and um, they built a marvelous uh, clubhouse there, which was separate from the actual ground. And when Kingstonian went under, well, Wimbledon bought them out when Wimbledon got moved over up from Tower Lane. Yeah. And I always feel well, if 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 you're gonna if you're gonna advance, you need something of that nature to to fund the clubs, like you know, because that's where you get the money from is is, is having a hospitality place, you know. And I think that's why Eastbourne have, have done up well over the years because they got that separate venue, haven't they, at Eastbourne as well, Borough. So I think you know. It's all right having the sports all in the gym, but you know you cannot. I, I just can't see the the absolute. It's going to make that absolute type of money, you know, to to, to keep to to sustain a club. Because I've been in, you know, when, when we when we've gone down the lower leagues, when we've gone across hard times, you know, we've we've been down to like two hundred at the pilot fields on on a lot of matches throughout the years, like you know. So yeah. Success. Oh, that was then, Tony. Yeah, that success. was then. We're talking success. now, mate. Yeah, success does bring success. does does bring it all. But yeah, it, it, it is you know. Well, that's all my my opinions on. It. Is it sustainable? That's that's, okay. that's the way I well, look at it. Well, well what I will yeah. do, Tony, is yeah. the, the 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 questions that you've asked. Yeah, I'll put them to uh, Billy, and I'll try and get in contact with Darren. Yeah, well, um, if, you, if you've got contact but, with him, yeah, because if there's if there's a hard and fast commitment. Fair enough, you know. Um, okay. I, I know the uh, I know the people up at Toll Kill aren't very happy with the uh, proposal. <laughs> when you when you read through the planning the planning comments. <laughs> yeah, to be they, fair, most of them haven't actually read the planning comments. Yeah. One of them said, "Oh, yeah, but they they have speedway at Hastings, sort of things. We can't have that at Tangle." 
Not Speedway, part of Filthy Years. No, that was Actually, years read the goddamn plans before you comment. That was 1948, we had Speedway. Yeah. <laughs> My point, exactly. People, yeah. people, quite a lot of people yeah. are just on around yeah. time was complaining because they don't like change. Yeah, yeah also there'll be there'll be the usual thing. There's thousands of people up there, and there'll be ten people leading the charge on. The yeah, yeah. they'll be very loud. I think we have, have to let that have to let. Yeah, that well, that, yeah. that will always happen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'll leave it with you, boys. All right, then, Tony. Well, yeah, let, let's discuss it all out. Well, what we yeah. do, we try and get some answers. I'll I'll put it on the podcast, either I get him on, and we talk about it. Yeah, and then if there's any developments on your end, just get in contact with us and we we'll get. Yeah, we'll get you yeah, on, exactly. Yeah? yeah, that's 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 right. Yeah, so I mean, now yeah. we're out of now we're out of COVID or gradually clambering out of COVID. As long as yeah. autumn, as long as autumn goes okay, there's no reason why there shouldn't be some sort of Q and A at the pilot bar or something like that with yeah. Yeah. with uh, with the main players. Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. I say later, obviously, supporters club are planning. We haven't getting to a date. We are looking to do another um, fans forum, and we do tend to invite a member of the club to come and answer our questions we have as a as a fan base. So obviously, just keep your eyes on the socials yeah. for that. Uh, for the supporters club to announce it, and we'll get the questions together, and we will put them to it as a supporters club. We will put your questions towards the club itself. Yeah, that sounds great to me. Oh, I like your enthusiasm, boys. Very good. Excellent enthusiasm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Tony. Leave us old gits to it. Oh, don't no, no, Tony. You're a very yeah. valued member of the supporters, mates. Don't, don't. Well, yeah, well, you I've know, been, I've we, been up we, and down that many years with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always keep me ear to the ground and see see what's going on around the leagues as well. You know, that's why I found out about White League. <laughs> You know, so I enjoyed our trip there. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice people there. Right yeah. in, chat. Yeah. We are done. Be. Good on you. Leave you to it. Uh, yeah, right. Take care, Tony. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, okay, be in touch. And that's it for another week, news fans. And as always, I say if you've got a comment or suggestion or want to come on the show or be part of one of our weekly roundtables, you're more than welcome. All you need to do is drop me an email on hufcpod at gmail.com or contact us on the Twitter, which is at hufcpodcast. And remember, you can listen to this podcast on all good platforms. Our YouTube is growing and packed full of video interviews as well. as old episodes. Please give it a look, comment and subscribe if you can. All that's left for me to say is, I've been your host, Chris Leverick. Hope you have a good week and see you at the game.